welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table with the solution from a woman's perspective. And today I have a very important friend that's sitting in the pink chair that I have known for so long, I feel like forever, Lori Trotter. And she's very dear and precious to me. And we've had such a long friendship, haven't we, Lori? Yes, we have. Welcome to the pink chair. And oh, I was just thinking like, I remember seeing you at the Mirage. It's a hotel here in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And we were in valet. I don't know if LL Cool J had just walked in the, in the Mirage or not. It was a fight night, I think. And you were getting in your car. And I was like, who is that gorgeous girl? And your <laughs> hair was blonde. And I was like, that girl is so pretty. And I was thinking, she must make a lot of money. Woo! You know? <laughs> and so, you know, we didn't know each other yet. But, man, I'm telling you, we have such a crazy story. But I want to talk about you because uh, you've really blessed my life. Wow, thank you. And, you know, and even when I was, we were both, uh, some people might not know our story, but both of us come from the lifestyle mm -hmm. of being an escort, call girl, let's just keep it 100. We prostituted ourselves. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and I personally was trafficked, so, you know, per a person taking advantage of me. So uh, I just, you know, I met you, it's called the game, yeah. in the game. And you, you, even back then, you really inspired me to be a better person. Wow, I didn't know that. You didn't know but that? But I want to stop you and tell you, my first memory of you was at the Hilton. I was at the Hilton and I was at a payphone and you were at the payphone next to me doing something and Sheba was right, Delia was right in the middle of uh -huh. us and I became friends with her eventually and kind of, I still admired you from a distance because I didn't really know anybody yet and I was still kind of on my own and you know, with him and just kind of kept to myself a lot. So I just always then, um, he had actually, um, spoke about you and spoke very highly of you. And so it made me want to aspire to be better and grow in the game. And so I always, and even to this day, like I felt like you're still my teacher, my leader, and you still come before me and I follow behind you. Aww, and that's Lori. just how I feel because you, you've you <laughs> been through it all. And so we just, and we go through it differently, mm -hmm. but yet I still feel like you're, Kind of like my spiritual mother and my th the, those things that I need in life. Sometimes well, we don't talk even, for a while. <laughs> I, I never even thought that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But you, anyway, so you really, you really like uh, made me want to be better too. Even though it wasn't so much a competition thing, I just admired your 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 work ethic. And I know this sounds crazy. People are listening to us right now, going like, "What are they talking?" Okay, you guys. Yes, we were call girls, but. There was something back then, like there, it was a secret underground world. No one, it was never, there was no social media. Yeah. The only thing that we ever saw was the movie Pretty Woman, which was out way after we started, right? So they copied us basically. <laughs> but we were like this underground crew of people that all knew each other and we were like, not a lot of people talked to each other. It was like very small. It was yes. kind of like a family in yes. a way. And even though it was probably dysfunctional, it was all we had. It was all we, it's what we knew. And, and so and, like-minded people stay within right. like-minded. So we couldn't go outside of that circle because nobody understood who we were, what were we doing and why. Yeah. So yeah. it's still the same kind of like, but we change our like-minds now. So we've changed and come forward, but still in those circles, you find those like-minded people of who you're around. Yeah, and you know what, like we were talking about earlier about, you know, chasing money. And, and honestly, money is an answer to a lot of things. It's not evil, it's only evil when you love it more than 
life itself or another person right. that it becomes evil because we were so driven by it. And I was so driven by money back then. And I, I, I don't know if you were as much as I was, but I, I wanted to make as much money because I was trying to please my boyfriend at the time, which was my trafficker. And I just wanted to make him happy. And, and so I always thought maybe one day, one day I'll get out of this life. One day we'll be married or one day I'll yeah. meet a rich trick and I'll, we want to call them buyers because really that's what they are. They buy people. And I wanted to meet someone. And, and so to, to have the same type of friend in that struggle of just trying to get out of it, it really, it really honestly helped me keep going. And of course, you all know my story about just falling back into drugs and then just losing it, man, and just losing my life and finding it with Jesus. Like, obviously, we're here. Yeah. And I wanted to hear that part about your story because I know that you went through a lot of hell before you got to where you are now. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's not been easy. No, it's not, it's not. You and know, you look so beautiful, by the way, and you look so preserved and young and vi thanks. vibrant and like nothing's touched you, honestly. Thanks. I know, you know, I'm so grateful for that because, sorry, Cole, what it is, I am a little vain. And I'm like, thank you, I still have my looks, you know? <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, it is, and thank you, I have that, you know? Um, but it's too, uh, yeah, I, w I went through a very hard time um, when I was transitioning out of the business and I went back to school and I was really trying to just stay on my feet and pay my bills and I had a mortgage mm -hmm. and then I ended up um, listening to somebody and you know, I, I don't fault them for that. Like I have to take my responsibility where I took all the money that I made and everything I had earned and and I invested in 07, 08 when all that was happening. Oh my gosh, and the bubble. The I bubble lost $3.2 million. Wow. Um, I lost everything. I had to, I was literally out of the game, out of the business, and I had to get back in. So I had yeah. to pay my bills, and yeah. I was just like, what am I, just talking about it. Like, oh my gosh. It was so scary. disgusting to me. Yeah, but it's, it, was just, it was disgusting. What were you supposed to do though? I yeah, mean, so I mean, how do you do it when you horrible. don't know? It was horrible, and I was going through school, and I hadn't built my business for mm -hmm. hair yet, and um, it was it was just gross. And then I, I uh, so I had to get back in the game, and then I was working with somebody, and she was snorting coke, and then I started snorting coke with her, and then I just kind of started, I was so, I'd had to numb myself to be in mm -hmm. the business still, mm -hmm. and just the people I had to deal with, and you just, you're so grossed out. Once yeah. you step out, and then you've right. got to step back in, oh, wow. it's just disgusting. And yeah. then I started drinking, and um, so I just was like, oh, a little bit of time, a little bit, and then one day I just started, um, my final straw was, one day I just was like, my dad passed away. I'd lost the $3 million. Yeah. I'd woke up from having the surgery. I had got hit by a bus. I woke up from having the surgery just to find out um, they found my father dead in his house. Um, wow. Then to later find out that my father decided to take his own life. Um, not grotesquely, he just was very sick. Yeah. and He didn't take he his medication. Want, right? Yeah, he didn't want yeah. to take his medication and mm -hmm. he just knew he would have a massive heart attack eventually right. and die. So um, he didn't want to live sick and ill. And so I have to respect people's choices and yeah, of what course. they do. Yeah. Um, and it's taken me a long time to, to even yeah. say that. Um, he looked like such a nice man, by the way, the pictures you showed me was. of him. He looked like such a hug-a-bear and a love-a-bear. He like, was. He looks so he was happy. my daddy. <laughs> you know what? I want to come back. We're going to finish that because I want to go, I want to go before that. Yeah. What got you in the game. It's really oh. important to know that. We'll be right back, you guys, with my... I don't want to say old friend. My dear friend, Lori Trotter, that I've known, I, it seems like forever. Forever. Oh my gosh. 30, 30 years. 30 some years. 30 years. Oh. I've been here 30 years this year. So we'll be back, you guys. Thank you.
Let's talk about the pimp game. I really want to control the whole whore. I want to be the boss of her life, even her thoughts. I got to con them that Lincoln never freed the slaves. Iceberg slim, pimp. A pimp is a master manipulator. In fact, I've heard it said many times that pimp stands for power in manipulating people. At first, he acts charming and loving, playing the role of a devoted and committed boyfriend. And ultimately, these winning tactics are used to control and manipulate his prostitute, a.k.a. sex trafficking victim, and hold her captive by making her think she will lose his love if she doesn't do what he asks. More times than not, a prostitute, a.k.a. sex trafficking victim, is psychologically tricked into thinking that the pimp loves her, will protect her, and will take care of her for the rest of her life. In reality, the pimp pulls the strings through verbal, mental, and severe physical abuse. A pimp is the master, the girl, his slave. It could be a little boy. It could be a young lady, a young woman. I wrote this book about my life, my autobiography, Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. This is actually a really good educational piece that you can read to learn more about sex trafficking in America and what it looks like in your own backyard. I'm from Minnesota, and that's where it first happened. And I want to encourage you to get this book. You can go on Amazon. You can go on our website, hookersforjesus.net. Click on the picture of the book and we'll send it to you. Thank you. We're here in the pink chair studio with my dear friend, Lori Trotter. We were talking about her getting out of the game. Some of you don't know what that is, but it's the prostitution lifestyle, the escort lifestyle, the call girl lifestyle, the sex trafficking lifestyle. You can label all that together yes. in a big lump, but uh, the sex industry as a whole. Yes. And you know, I want to go back a little, and I, I don't want you to bring up really bad memories, but you grew up in school, and you're from California, right? Yes. And you started... I don't know. You didn't really fit in, right? You were kind of like I was very different. Different. I was. I was, I was born a little happy kid. Okay. I was a happy-go-lucky, mm -hmm. just rambunctious, very um, different kind of kid. I always had a light around me, and I felt like uh, I always had darkness. Always, still to this day, I have to fight, you know, other people's darkness, and I right. felt like my whole life. Um, something's been trying to break me, mm -hmm. and it is. It's it's when you have, you know, we all have the good and the bad, mm -hmm. the the God and the devil. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the demons we, are trying to come yeah, in and say things. Yeah, we have to constantly go. <laughs> Hold up, I'm coming. Let me go back over here. You know, and, and it's always a constant battle. Yeah, you know, it's a constant battle. But yeah, as, as a little kid, um, uh. You know, and, and I fault no one, my mom, I'm going to say some things, and I, I don't fault my mom for this, because my mom, like I say, they're generational curses. Yeah, she's precious. Yeah, so my Your mom has so changed her life, yeah. and she's found God again, and even my younger brother, he's mm -hmm. changed, he's got God back in his life, all those years of just, That's so yeah. good. So and good. so, um, I was abused. Um, I know my mom had a lot of jealousy issues with mm -hmm. me and my father. Um, I had a close relationship with my dad, and I was adopted by my father. Growing up, my mom's Hispanic. But that's your daddy, though. Yeah. That's your daddy. I was, he, he's yep. been in my life since I was four mm -hmm. or five. He's mm -hmm. all I knew. And so growing up being, um, we're Native American and Spanish on my mother's side, and my father being black, um, I would go to school and get picked on by the black girls. I was 
I would get picked on and bullied, so I went to school with anxiety. Yeah. I came home with anxiety. Right. Like I had so much anxiety oh. in my life. I was just constantly. I mean, bullying is really hard. It is. Yeah. And 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 Lori, that's complex trauma. We talked about that yes. before. Like you were raised in complex trauma. That yeah. your brain is just a complex trauma brain, just like mine. Just like ah. Uh, and how do you recover to, from that? Yeah, and you just it's it's a con we constantly have to heal in life. Mm -hmm. You know, and life is just about continuing till the day I die, learning to be better and learning to okay, I have that issue to work on. Let me work on that. Let me work on this. Where instead of me going, you and this is something me going ah for so many years, what I didn't like in somebody and doing so much work on myself, reading books of when you look at somebody and something you don't like in them, what is it really maybe that's mirroring something about that's you? That's right. No, it is. Let me see. Hmm. Let me work on that. So, you know, and me working with my mom over these years where there were times I didn't talk to my mom for a long, long time. And I just had to cut her off because it wasn't healthy. You mm -hmm. know, certain relationships and it doesn't matter, family or not, you got to cut it off. Um, just boundaries so yeah. you can heal. Yeah. You know? And not allowing it to happen again. And, and then you went from school. I remember you telling me this story. You started, like, dealing yeah, I started selling drugs. <laughs> I call it from kilos to call girl. Kilos to call girl. So it's one of my in the the movie that I wrote called Fairy Tales. It's one of the taglines from kilos to call girl. And um, so I started dealing drugs at a very young age, 14, just selling weed and then going, getting up more and getting into, got involved. Um, I was like, okay, got kicked out of my house. Um, my parents kicked me out at a very young age. Um, got involved. Uh, selling drugs, like big time drugs. Right. We were selling big. Wow. And like I said, kilos. I started seeing people, people were dying. Friends wow. of mine were dying, found dead in their homes, burnt up in cars, wow. not sure what's going on. People getting 25 to life. Of course, now, if, if now, this is coming from, if we're getting the kilos, where are they coming from? Who's the higher up? Who's right. the higher up? So I this started thinking. Total drug trafficking. Oh, yeah. So wow. I'm thinking, who, what? I gotta go. <laughs> So one day I just then I got into selling heroin and then I found out they were gonna raid my home. And so I said, you know, I gotta go. I gotta go. I can't go to prison. I was like, no. And I said, And you're you were never taking heroin, you just were no, selling it. Nope. Yeah, I was never really a big drug user back then. I would do it here and there, but I wasn't really into doing it a lot. I'd experiment, and I was like, yeah, that's not for there's, me. There's a rap song, and it says, don't get high on, on your own, own supply. supply. <laughs> yes. So uh, I just packed up my stuff one day, mm -hmm. and um, I was like, I got to go. And um, I had already met somebody who got me, and I was already like, moving to L.A., sleeping on somebody's couch. The person who turned me out... Um, We'll just call him Rob. Rob. He had came to Monterey, hang out with me, see me, and I really had no, didn't like him, was like, whatever. Ugh. And just, I didn't know what he was about, thought he was a businessman, dressed really good. He, mm -hmm. Well, they are businessmen. Yeah, 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 <laughs> basically. Um, eventually, I'm in L.A., nothing's going right. Um, I'm going to tell you something that, you know, um, things were kind of, uh, something that really changed my mind about knowing, I guess, my power of what I held inside of me was um i was ever since i was even young i was being sexually harassed even right. at my i was trying to hold jobs had a good job being sexually harassed nobody doing anything about it my boss getting away with it my other boss now because you're beautiful too yeah and so i thank you it's it's like men see that and they take advantage of that yeah and so but nothing was being done back mm -hmm. then about it mm -hmm. and i even reported it and nothing was being done and then eventually my boss who was sexually harassed the original me, me too movement yes right we already been there and done, done that, that. Um, so he, uh, my boss originally got fired eventually for drug use. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I, he made my life a living hell at work. And then come to find out, the boss who got promoted over me, which was fine, eventually told the Kelly person that I trained under me, he said he wasn't gonna give me the promotion because I was a quote unquote woman. I was a woman. And I was just like, wow. really? Another, another. I heard, yeah, so I mm -hmm. had two bangs and I'm mm -hmm. trying to raise up in this company, I had a great job. Um, and I was harassed and now you're a woman. Yeah. yeah. So I can't, I'm like, I can't get anywhere. What do I have to lose? So I moved to LA. Um, I make them fire me eventually because I just was like, whatever, they're going to fire me. Moved to LA, same things happening, getting sexually har harassed. I have this guy, I have no money, sleeping on somebody's couch. I was like, well, I'm just going to have him feed me. I had no money, no food, no nothing. So I'd let him take me to Sizzler. <laughs> so, oh my I gosh, like, I remember Sizzler. Yeah, so I'd let him He's take me to Sizzler going there. and get my little food, get doggy <laughs> bag, take him home. <laughs> yes, for a couple of days. And I'm like, all right, I got food. Didn't want anything to do with him. And then, um, I eventually um, got pregnant from my very first love from when I was 18. I was 23 now, living in L.A. Um, ended up pregnant, um, knew I couldn't have a, knew, knew I couldn't raise this baby. Mm -hmm. I literally drove myself to the abortion clinic by myself. Mm -hmm. Cried my brains out. Yeah. Got off the table, drove myself to a party right afterwards. I saw all this stuff going on. It was a rap party, and I saw all these things. And he was a really big person in the rap game at the time. Um, and he was like, he was just my friend. And he said, the one you told me about yeah. the other day. Yeah. He said, don't go outside. You can't Some say his crazy. name. Say his name. Um, he was Easy E. Okay. <laughs> he was a good friend of mine back then. Um, loved him to death. And okay, uh, hold that thought. Yeah. We're gonna be right back. We're gonna hear more of Laura's story and how she got into the game and then how she got out. Thank you. When I was a little girl, I had dreams of becoming a school teacher or even a basketball player. But those dreams suddenly vanished at the age of seven when I started being sexually abused by my family members. By the time I turned 15, I was dating men old enough to be my father. And when I turned 18, I was being sex trafficked by a man I thought loved me. Because of my age and my vulnerability, I was easily manipulated into life of prostitution. By the time I turned 20, I had been through things no young adult should ever have to endure. I didn't have any good guidance in my life. I lost all hope, degraded myself, and couldn't see a bright future. Then I found about hookers for Jesus and eventually moved into the Destiny House. I've been living here for six months now, learning and healing and discovering amazing things about God, myself, and the future I want to have. Because of the grace of God, I have been renewed, redeemed, allowed to start my life over again. Everyone listen. We have a ministry called the Destiny House. It's our nonprofit of Hookers for Jesus and it's a place where ladies can come and dream, discover, develop into the perfect destiny that God originally had designed for them. And we are always in need of your support. This is not a free service. This is a nonprofit and we make it by getting donations and people giving to our nonprofit to make sure that the doors stay open, the electricity stays on, the water keeps flowing out of the faucets, the clothing stays on the women, the food gets on the table and the people that we have working with us and for us are Make, making sure that the girls are getting the 24-7 care for their complex trauma that they need. We really need your partnership. I would love it if you would just go to hookersforjesus.net, click on Donate, and become a partner with us. 
month to month. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Hi, welcome back to Annie's Pink Chair. I have my dear friend Lori Trotter here and we're talking about how she actually got into the game, sex trafficking. I wouldn't even say sex trafficking, sex industry. Yes. Because for her, it's a little different story than mine. It, it was more of, more of like a willful choice for you. It was. But you were said you were sleeping on couches. You had a friend because you were dealing drugs. Stop doing that. You got that job, quit that job, that harassment, sexual harassment. You're a woman. You can't work here, whatever. And this friend of yours, you went to a party after your abortion, yeah. and he pulled you to the side and said, what are you doing? He told, well, he told me, stay inside. Easy E told you yeah. to stay inside. He said, stay inside. Some crazy stuff is about to go mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. So in that scene in the movie where all this stuff, I was in the house watching. And so that, it brings tears to my eyes because, um, too, that's another story. I never got, really got to mourn his death because of my pimp. Yeah. Um, so uh, I saw him about a week, couple weeks. Well, before he died. It was a couple weeks or a month before he died. Yeah. He came out here and he was like, hey. And so yeah. anyways. Um, so I watched what was going on and I watched these girls just throwing themselves out there getting naked in the pool right. money being tossed around and I was like whoa oh hell no oh my gosh I was like I'm not becoming that yeah no it what, what is it's a groupie yeah it's just it's a, it's a it's a groupie it was it's, and I was like no and, and and they're just honestly it's a glorified I don't want to say glorified it's just it's someone that's that a different type of prostitution yes it's a different type of yes. prostitution. And, and, and even trafficking, because some people take advantage oh, of that. Yeah. And they'll, you know, so it, you but were we watching. All grow. You were witnessing trafficking probably going on before your eyes and prostitution at the same time. Oh, girls yeah. that wanted to be there and girls that were there and they were stuck now. Yeah. So that's insane. And so then you, after you talked to Easy e you, you said that you met someone, right? You met someone that, that was took you to Sizzler. Oh, I had, we had already, he had already Rob, come to Monterey. Rob. Yeah. He, and oh, by the way, I had surgery on my hand, so I have a, you know, a little owie, but I'm healing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I called him afterwards and I, I think it was a couple days later and I had had my abortion and I was just like, I can't get ahead. I'm going nowhere. And so I called him and I finally asked him what he did. He picked me up in a nice Mercedes one day. Then he picked me up in a Rolls Royce one day. And You're I like, just what the was heck? like, so I was, so he told me what he did. And I said, you'd never ask me to do that. He said, no. And so we just kind of became friends. And I know he did like me. Um, he started because his friends told him to leave me alone, that I was bad news for him. So all his friends, you know, you knew them too. They were like, you need to leave that girl alone. She's bad news for you because I had already been out in the streets. Mm -hmm. I was already a I know, different kind. Just to clarify, a, a, a lot of our, our exes knew each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. They did. So I picked up the phone and I said, hey, I need you to teach me the game. He was like, what? Because he had just given up on me. Like, he was done. Like, she's not coming. She ain't going nowhere. You know, he knew he couldn't wrap. I wouldn't wrap my head around it. But I just picked up the phone and said, I need you to teach me the game. He said to me, okay. He said, are you sure? I said, yes. He said, I need you to understand this is business. He said, there's no falling in love. There's no getting married. There's no having babies. He said, this is business. Mm -hmm. I said, I just want to make money. It, this is crazy because it's it's literally that's the that's the line that a lot of the guys feed the girls and I think that it's like a dichotomy because you can't help it you start caring for someone 
Yeah. It's not business after a while. Well, you know, it's funny because he the was the first one to, He was the first one to say I love you. Yeah. And we and I literally I I was always pretty good at containing my emotions, you know, not falling for somebody. I could walk away in a heartbeat. Even kind of to this day I'm like, uh, I don't get emotionally involved really quick with somebody. Um, and so I was like six months in. Girl, I was stashing a little bit of money. And then one day I was like, I'm out in six months. I'm going to get my little money and I'm gone. And sure enough, uh, one day I didn't make a lot of money. So I went into my little stash and gave it to him. And I was like, oh, yeah, here I made. You know, I was like, oh, I felt bad I didn't make Okay, it. so in the game, let's stop that. Pause for a second. What's that called? It's called choosing up I chose up yeah she chose up everyone that doesn't understand what that means it literally means when you're choosing uh, you're choosing your pimp or some people would call it trafficker yeah or manager yeah there's different names for it but she chose and if you don't manager and if you don't know what pimp stands for I'm gonna I'm gonna educate okay go ahead go ahead stands for power in manipulating people so pimp comes in more than one form and right. sometimes we have to check our own selves yeah about the manipulation and it's it's a bright thing myself in the very end oh yeah for drugs. me too yeah me too in i did it all end. yeah but but so you you got with him and he said no love no marriage this is business yeah this is what we're gonna do yeah and I, I i'm getting like a little triggered right now because i'm thinking the strip the money back a lot of people don't realize this but back in the 80s and 90s the strip was popping it was poppin'. there was money there was money like, it was dollar signs That's oh all my it god was. like like nowadays people are you know they're selling them for 50 100 bucks 200 bucks i can't believe it because we were like it's a, a bad night it was a thousand dollars i'm gonna walk in a yeah. bad night yeah. yeah that's a terrible night it's like i can't come home yet i have to make more money and we put the pressure on ourselves yeah to walk in that room and by the way in at that time frame when we worked 30 years ago double that money so if i if i did Five thousand. It was actually ten. If I did three thousand, it was actually six thousand. That's the economy back then. Yeah, and, and money was flowing like we're not including the escort service fee or yes. the fee that you paid your madam. Because I remember you worked for uh, no, that wasn't me. Yeah, there was somebody you worked. You worked with somebody. You brought me on a couple calls, but oh. we saw a bunch of stars. Yeah. Remember that? It was. It was. I worked for. I worked in the high Heidi. end. Heidi. Oh, that wasn't mine. No, no I didn't. That was so another I worked, girl. I worked for high end in the casinos. Yeah. I worked for the, the casino concierge. hosts. Uh-huh. And the hosts. Yep. Very, very high end. Yeah. So, I learned to speak um, uh, Taiwanese, mm-hmm. a little Taiwanese, too. We used to go to those parties with the, oh, my God, they were crazy. Yeah. I learned about Louis the the you know, Cristal. You learn about all these things that oh you were gosh, just Cristal, like. Oh, my gosh, Cristal the champagne. I yeah. never saw Cristal until I went on a call one yeah. day, and this guy had, like, 10 bottles of Cristal, yeah. and I was like, oh, my gosh. I used to take him home. Like, oh, I yeah, want to take him home. And Dom Periam, and, and just like, wow. And so, we're you know, you're in this lifestyle, and this is, like, really, like, for a lot of people, they're listening to us right now going, what is going on with these girls? These girls are, like, they're, they're glorified. No, we're not glorifying. No. We're telling you what happened. We're telling you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of ugly. Stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of ugly because if you don't get out of this lifestyle, yes. it'll take you down and murder you. That's what happens. If not you're, physically, your soul will be murdered. Yep. So let's we'll, we'll be back, you guys, with the rest of... Oh, my gosh. Is this the last segment, you guys? Okay. Actually, we're not going to be back. We're going to have to go to part two next week. <laughs> so, Lori, um, actually, we're just going to just do the next show in a couple minutes. Let's just not have you leave it all. Part two's coming. We'll we see you back on do. the pink chair because there's a lot more to talk about Lori's story and what happened to her and eventually how God rescued her.
Thanks, you guys.